Welcome to the Healing Place podcast, a space filled with inspirational stories of hope, along with practical advice for your healing journey. Your host is Terry Welbrock, trauma warrior, writer, speaker, blogger, therapy dog handler, and founder of the Sammy's Bundles of Hope Project. As a survivor and a thriver, Terry's mission is to shine the light of hope into the world by interviewing insightful guests from across the globe. Please stay tuned at the end of today's interview as we honor our sponsors. The Healing Place podcast is a fiscally sponsored project of Fractured Atlas. Now, here's your host and trauma warrior, Terry Welbrock. Welcome, everybody, to the Healing Place podcast. I'm your host, Terry Welbrock, and excited to have with me today, and I am not going to do justice to this beautiful name, Dr. Eduardo Cardona San Clemente. So welcome. Beautiful. Thank you very much, and thank you very much for inviting me, Terry. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to talk about your book and so much more, but you really, you're, you work in academia, or academia, uh, integrative healer, therapy work, um, author, and so much more. So yes, tell people a little bit about who you are and what you do. Okay, so I perhaps start by saying that I moved to this country three, four, four years ago, to be precise. And uh, I have been uh, teaching at different universities here, but at the same time, what the main reason that brought me is Ayurveda. This is something I discovered many years ago in India, in my late 80s, uh, 1980s. And then uh, I understood the, my gray side, gray in terms of color, of my lack of satisfaction with the mainstream medical process. And I tried to integrate it from that moment. So yes, I have been a teacher. I have been supervising PhD students, postdocs in different countries. I was educated in France and England. And I was originally from South America. My parents are big mix of different places in Europe as most of us. And um, yeah, and now I, I feel that my duty, my mission, my intention is only service in terms of integration of uh, modern medicine with Ayurvedic medicine. That's perhaps the best way to define it. Beautiful, beautiful. And so this your book that that's come out is, and, and this is quite an impressive title, but it's Ayurveda for Depression, an Integrative Approach to Restoring Balance and Reclaiming Your Health. And that's really what it's all about, right? That's right. That's right. And and I don't know how how much I, uh, you want me to go into that process, but the reality of writing that book is not because of my academic background. It's because I was a patient and I know about sufferings and I yes. know about real pain. I know about trauma. I know about being put aside from the system I have been told you are never going to function again. So I have been to very difficult processes, which always make me feel the shadow of depression. Always that shadow was with me. And I feel that perhaps my communication to this book is presenting my own reality. And what I did is in the first chapter of the book, I introduced myself as a human being. And the processes I went through because I have a series of car accidents and I have been in a coma in three different occasions. So, and and that was, you know, one was me driving, the other one was me as a pedestrian in London, and the other one was me as a passenger in in a car in West Palm Beach when living there and working there for uh, Vietnam veterans using certain techniques. So, Yes, that 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 awakes something different. So that is that is the, the best way. Yet the book is uh, Ayurveda for depression because Ayurveda took me out and gave me options, gave me possibilities to heal my body. And when I mean my body, I mean by my body, my body, my emotions, my feelings, my spirit, my soul, whatever people want to call it, because that is the beauty of this process I'm into. 
is the integrative aspect, you know. Modern medicine with all the innumerable qualities has also some lacks of things that perhaps we can go at a certain moment. But Ayurveda is a complementation to that because Ayurveda integrates, see everything in a holistic way. You know, so many centuries ago in, in modern medicine, we divide whatever was the, the soul, the non-existence or non-existence of the spirit and emotions and feelings are deal are dealt by certain people and the body is dealt by other specialists. Right. And it's very good. It's very effective up to a certain level. No, and, and that's what I feel that Ayurveda can fill up that empty space by disintegration. Wow. Well, first off, I just want to thank you for sharing your personal journey. And we talk about often on this show, uh, there's there's really a focus on trauma, trauma recovery, adverse childhood experiences, and in ACEs science. And so thank you for sharing your, your story of um, triumph over trauma, um, which is beautiful. And two, yes, I know me personally, I've yeah. I've just been looking for a holistic doctor. I recently moved to South Carolina. And as a matter of fact, I have it on my to-do list today. I had left a message for a holistic practitioner I'd found close by and we're playing telephone tag with one another. But it is, I'm looking for someone that does like include not just my body, but looking at all of the aspects of um, who Terry is, who I am. Um, yes. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, it, it's, it's so important. I mean, so many people in brackets are lucky because they never have accidents or these kind of traumas. But I think that my luck is that I'm able to tell the story. And my luck is to know exactly what that means not being here anymore. Because I had that feeling. I mean, more than one occasion. And, and one has to keep that sensation for the rest of one's life because who am I, as you said? And why life keep me here? And that give a purpose, that give an intention, yes. that give a mission. And that's why people said to me, oh, when you are so strong and you do that and you are so uh, passionate about what you do. Of course, I have to be passionate because you only have one life. I only have one day and we only have one now. And this is the now it counts. And that's why depression is very interesting because depression comes from that shadow of the past or that fear of the future and doesn't let us live the present. That present, that now. So it's, it's by fluctuating between the unconsciousness and the consciousness, somehow somebody within myself got something which I will be unable to define, which keep me in this search of service within, service to myself, respect to my own body. And from that place, we can serve better. You know, I always tease my, my GP in London, uh, not my actual GP, a previous one, because he was a smoker, and more or less, I will not say alcoholic, but very, very keen on, 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 on these kind of things. And, I was thinking how somebody and people I have been working with is that I would say very well known in the scientific world, but they, they have all the signs of cardiovascular disorders. And they, they were the top, 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 top scientists in the planet, I mean, the ones I was working with. And you have to ask yourself, why this disconnection within their own bodies and what they are teaching, what they are talking. And th that's why Ayurveda, I think, is a blessing in my life because force me to be authentic and to respect my body. I cannot tell to somebody with all respect who is obese, don't be obese, knowing that I'm disrespecting my own body and my obesity is the result of a, a particular lifestyle. So this process of Ayurveda, of lifestyle and preventive medicine, are fascinating. And that's what yeah. I offer in that book. It's not me, it's Ayurveda, which is in that book. 
Yes. Yeah. So do you talk about in the book the, the actual process of, of what it what it is that you go through with this? I, 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 as I said, in, in the first chapter of the body of the book, pardon me, I, I discuss about my own impressions, my own limits, all what I hear from from mainstream about uh, how I was never again was going to be functional. And I understood through the same process and different techniques I use it. Uh, sorry, perhaps it's important to say that I went to India in 1986 and my accidents happened in year 2000, 2001 and 2003. So, uh, so these accidents, by that time I was ready about Ayurveda and to understand about my body. But my first impression of those situations was when I was 20, I was with my girlfriend. We were going for a trip in South America, 24,000 kilometers, and we ended going downhill. And that's when I was declared dead and she equally. So in those process, Ayurveda came in my life because my arm was supposed to be amputated. And I refused the amputation and I have herbs because I have gangrena after being several days in moving from one hospital to the next. And that was my support. So I described that in the book, but that is not the point. What is important to understand in Ayurveda is that we all have different constitutions. We are all different. And modern medicine puts us in the same package. We are all in the same boat. No, Ayurveda said the opposite. No, it, and it's not as a challenging. It said we have our own constitution. We have to learn our constitution, our body constitution. And in this particular book, I, my emphasis is on the mind constitution. So how learn, first of all, what is my body constitution? What is good for my body and what is not good for my body? Good or bad is always very relative. But what I mean by that is what is convenient? What is healthy for my own constitution? And Ayurveda talk about three basic constitutions that become seven by combination. And we carry that, that constitution they are called Vata, Pitta, Kapha, and they are, one will be more preponderant, the, another one will be secondary, and the third one. And that is for the body. And in that book, I present tests, long tests to evaluate your own constitution. Once you know your constitution, body-wise, and you can understand why certain things are, in brackets, abuses or disrespect to the body, if I can say. And yeah. then we can move to the mind and it's the same situation. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pulling up the book. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. And that makes, I mean, well, it makes so much sense. And I've said that before in the past about how we just aren't these cookie cutter people. I mean, everybody looks the same and acts the same and responds the same that we are depending upon our, our, what we've inherited, our genetics, as well as, um, you know, like with me, what the traumas that have impacted my life. And so how I respond to that with, you know, anxiety or how it impacts me on a physiological level. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Well, and I know over on your webpage, you know, one of the things that you talk about is how we're fueling our body, what we're putting into it um, yes. as well. And that's part of this too. And, and, it's, and it's not only what we put in our body, what we put in our mind. Yeah. What we put in our mind. You know, people start the morning already with the background of the yesterday or the week before. And we cannot understand that life with capital L is giving us another day, another possibility. And it's from that space that we can address our lives in a, in a better situation. And, but, but no, we, we are always anchored in the past in a way. And, and unfortunately, the body gets affected. And also we are anchored in the past because if we don't eat well, we don't eat, you know, in Ayurveda, we have the how, when, how much, and why. Yeah, all these questions about your diet. You, you have a, you know, we all know we have a big dinner at 11 o'clock. We know what the day after will be for us. As we know very well, if we escape and we don't have lunch, how, how our body is going to react. So is how connect again to nature. That is the, the main characteristic to my eyes of Ayurveda. How to connect to nature and connect to my own 
nature because we forgot that we are just animals. We have been monkeys jumping there and we are under the influence of the stars, under the influence of, of, of you, we see the moon control the, the waves of the ocean and we are 70% water in our bodies. So why we cannot understand that we are under the influence of so many other things, no? So that is what I, I present in the book, but with a different connotation and is that all the chapters are including a, in order to better use Ayurveda, to give the basis of what Ayurveda understood. For example, today we talk about the microbiota, yeah? And the microbiota was understood those days, 4,000, 5,000, 6,000 years ago. They were talking about virus, bacteria. You know, on those days, they were talking about the inner membrane cells with the DNA and RNA are. They were talking about the external cell, uh, membrane of the cell, just to give you an idea, those days. And also, they were describing the body treatments uh, which I call in brackets, one of the, the series is called Pancha Karma, all the different actions they have into the body. And I went through all that with, I mean, I have those Pancha Karmas processes in my body to recover my mind. I lost my memory fully. I really, my after my second accident, I lost my memory and I went to India and I have, I follow those protocols. I have 44 days treatment once and I left as if nothing happens to me and I was back to my usual self. Oh, so wow. I, I believe from experience, I don't believe on things because somebody told me, I, as I said, I suffer, I pay the price and not in terms of money. Of course, money is always in, in, involved, but the price of accepting, you know, being the heavy academic doctor in the hands of Indians in India who were doing at the beginning what I consider funny things on my body. And I, I, I saw my recovery and I learned to be so respectful to Ayurveda and I learned to be always a student of Ayurveda because it's a fascinating science. Yeah, it, it sounds, I mean, it, well, it sounds like more so than just science, but a lifestyle. I mean, just a way of being. Yes, yes. Okay. but because, because it's a science with plainness, lifestyle, you see? And that is what I use the word science. For some people, science has to mean something. No, it's a scientific proof that we have to have lunch, breakfast, and dinner, isn't it? Ayurveda teaches why and the amounts and the combinations which correspond to our own nature, even the impressions in Ayurveda, we have three constitutions, three main constitutions of the mind, which is called sattva, rajas, tamas. And you learn what is your main constitution. And you learn something, Terry, which is the most important thing for me, is how to accept yourself, you see. How to accept. Most people who come, my patients come, they are too thin, they want to be they want to be be heavier. They are too heavy, they want to be thin. And with Ayurveda, we understand that that constitution is given, as you say, by your genes, by your parents, and also by your lifestyle. So we can be a, a bit chunky, if, we can, if I can say, but I can love my chunkiness. You see what I mean? <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> exactly. Oh, oh. Or we can be very thin and mini and whatever. And we can learn to love that. And from there, we the mind flourish. You see, because if I'm not accepting my body, who is not accepting the body? It's my mind. My body will be always there. I cannot do anything, you see. So if people can go into liposuctions and things like that, but the body is going to go back to the origins. But if I go, not from the outs, from the sorting out the outside, yeah, but sorting out the inside, that is different. That's what Ayurveda teaches. Diet, nutrition, uh, breathing exercises, meditation, relaxation. Everybody talks about mindfulness today. What is mindfulness? It's the meditation from India, which has been taught thousands of years ago. So, you know, and, and it's so trendy and it's, oh, everybody's into mindfulness. I always laugh about it with respect because it's not, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but it's, so beautiful to feel that Ayurveda is taking that place. But the mainstream is understood now. If you look at the websites of Mayo Clinic or my other clinics, uh, you see that they already have a specialist 
on alternative medicine or integrative medicine, whatever. Yeah. Because they understood people are moving away. They understood by their own experience that these techniques, this process, these sciences work. Acupuncture has been accepted finally. You see, we are Ayurvedic doctors because I am a qualified Ayurvedic doctor in the US also, not only in the UK and France, but we are fighting for having, no fighting is not the right word because fighting is, we are pushing for the recognition of Ayurveda as, as acupuncture is because they are sisters and they are so much complementarity about it. But uh, we are not there yet, but we have our association nationally and that is a lot of work to do, but will be done. And yes. people are experimenting it and they know by their own uh, changes within their bodies, their minds, etc. Yes. Well, and I only laughed when you said mindfulness because I, in my head, um, I was going to say, I was thinking, oh my gosh, I just, as he's talking, like I, I keep coming back to mindfulness. And if one of my next questions was going to be if, if Ayurveda has mindfulness as a component or if it's like intermingled and intertwined in it. And you answered the question before I asked it. So there you go. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Good. I mean, because truly I, I mean, I practice mindfulness every day, but not, not so much it is in a sitting practice as in a living practice where if I'm out and about and I live on a beautiful Island. And if I see an alligator swimming through a lagoon, I stop to say, oh, wow, and to just absorb that moment in the now. And so, again, it, it's just a part of my life with a capital L, as you put it. I love that. Yes, yes, because it's, it's, it's very interesting. And I, you were asking me about the book, and I said, I said, you know, I make a comment that uh, if you let me address a little bit about what is my connection but what is, I'm trying with this book to connect with the reader of the book. And it's basically, I decided, or life helped me, show me the path to face my old limits, physically and mentally, by not use of drugs, by not drug dependency. That was my choice. Most people decided to be passive and to have the other side. And it's depend on medication. Yeah, I have no judgments about it, but it's just to say, you know, and with all humility, that if I was able to do it myself without medication, after all what I went through, that I'm not going to detail the sounds, it's in the book anyway, but, but it's, I approached that paradigm to be a healer, you know, and I became a healer by healing my own body. So I was, I was first a patient, and then I became a healer if you want to call me a healer. But it's through that process, you see, really allowing the body to suffer. We are in that stage of life in, in today's society, modern societies, that pain is something wrong. There is nothing wrong with pain. On the contrary, pain tells us what is not functioning well. It's an awareness. But we switch off the pain. It's exact the, the skin is the main organ of our body. Yeah? And we have a little rush. We put cortisone on top to block that. The, the skin is telling us something is wrong somewhere, and that's why it's manifesting. But no, it's always obliterating the origins of things. We never go to the causes. It's, yeah. always, it's always the appearance, it's always the external thing. So so my aim really on is to show to people how extraordinary our body is and also how much we take for granted, how much we take for granted and how much we don't know about it and how much we don't do for it. Yes. Yeah. So by integrating Ayurveda with all the beautiful tools that modern medicine or biomedical uh, uh, tools we have, we can go far, far away. You know, we, now we understand uh, the body and the millions of reactions that happen in every second. We understand the physiology, the biochemistry, even the biophysics. We understand the process of the mind now and all these other aspects. But now we can combine that with that deep and profound concept of Ayurveda 
with this a basic, a, I will say this basic understanding of what they call the five elements, the pancha mahabutas, the five elements which are converted into what I discussed, uh, I said earlier about Vata Pita Kapha, the constitutions. And from there, and you know, it's all starting from such a simple co uh, concepts and so profound at the same time, which can give us, and that, that is the book. The book is, as I said, is one is about me, one chapter, the rest is about the beauties of Ayurveda. And it's written for three types of readers. And that, is, that was my intention since you asked me about the book, is one is directly to the people who are confronting either depression, anxiety, or drug dependency, medication dependency. The other option is, but in the book, is for people who are maybe reading the book on behalf of somebody else, a family member, a partner, a friend who is suffering from depression, and to convey this information to them. And the other group is for the readers who are professionals, because they are treating patients facing depression eventually, and they can help them with these modalities. You, we were talking about mindfulness. If somebody understands that they are not connected with the body, that is a blessing for them. It's a blessing for me every day when I see how disconnected I am, because we are all disconnected. So, and how I have to keep this continuous process of keeping here, with this I, which I don't know who he is, but I know that it lives within and that keep me a balance and perhaps make me a better person because I will be always egocentric. I will be always want everything for me. But by going back there, I realized that nothing belongs to me. Not even the process of breathing belongs to me. There is something. I cannot even control that happening by itself. And one can learn to surrender, to surrender. And just what I was talking before about humility and to understand that our feelings, those sentiments or thoughts can be direct, directed or conducted in a different way if I connect to myself at that deep level or I keep trying to connect, keep trying trying and trying, because it's not a question that is, is always forever and, and will be levitating. I'm nothing of that. I'm an ordinary human being as everybody else. But the difference perhaps is that through my pains, through my discovering that life, the value of life by being considered that, I realized that I have a responsibility towards myself, you see. Yes. Very much so. And you so you answered another one of my questions. You must be connected with my mind because I was going to ask you who your target audience was and you answered it. So that was beautiful. But I have to tell you a funny story really quick because as you talked just a few minutes ago and you were talking about, I don't even like to take, you know, like acetaminophen if I have a headache. I'll, I'll warm up my rice bag and put it on my neck. And usually that like just helps relax. And then, you know, it's usually a neck because my shoulders are up here if I'm tense. And um, and so then that just, the headache dissipates and goes away. But I'm not anti-medicine, but I don't take medicines because I, I, I love what you were saying. So anyway, my funny story is I was cutting an avocado and we bought these new knives and I was not paying attention and it went through my... Um, it hit my bone yesterday. Oh, it hurt so bad. <laughs> but I, I ran to the grocery to get some more band-aids and I was going to throw some, you know, neosporin on it or whatever, throw a salve on it. But I found these really cool band-aids that said, don't put anything on it. Your body knows what to do to heal it. This Band-Aid will put a seal over it. And so anyway, I ended up putting this Band-Aid on it and it said, a bubble will appear and it's your body doing its natural healing work. And so as you talked, I loved it because I was thinking about my finger. <laughs> no, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's very interesting because we always have the choice. I mean, we are so lucky that life gives us the, the opportunity to make choice. You cut your finger, you have pain. Pain is inevitable. You cannot do anything. Pain is inevitable. But suffering is optional. 
Right. You decided not to suffer and you put the bandage and you put in the in the best way possible for you. So it is always up to each of us to make a choice. You know, we, in, uh, we are talking about the finger, but I'm talking about the mind. I am using your example for the mind. I can keep saying, oh, somebody abused me or somebody that and I can keep repeating myself. And I can keep repeating myself. Or, or I, I, I lost mobility of my arm by 50% and, and I'm never going to recover. You know, we are already facing those things in our mind because it's a sufferance we impose to ourselves. And I really believe on the power of the, as you said so well, the biochemistry and the physiology of the body healing from within instead of healing, you know, trying to feel from the outside. So we always, it's fascinating because we always come to the same thing is everything, everything is within ourselves, no? And, and science is more and more getting close to that, no? With, with all the new discoveries we are we are getting about the mind and the powers of the mind. Yes. Perhaps that is one of the awareness to And I think, I mean, I don't know. I try to look at the positives of the pandemic and all that's gone on with this. And I truly believe that an awakening is occurring and that an awakening is happening and that people, it's, it's, it's created a sense for people to step back and evaluate what am I putting in my body or, or, you know, I, I, I shouldn't leave the house and run and get fast food because it's a quick, easy fix, you know, to, to make, to grow my own foods, to make my own dinners to, um, and so I, in but again, and also doing the, the mind, the healing work with them, with your mind on their trauma history with panic attacks and anxiety and um, all of that. I, I just, I, I feel a shift occurring. I feel an awakening occurring. And um, I hope that that continues. And in your book is certainly such a gift to those who are awakening to that. Yes. And I, I because you said that, I, I share something with you. Whoever called me for consultations, either here in the Bay Area or, uh, you know, I, I treat people, my patients from Europe, I, the ones who have been my patients for years, since years ago, I treat them by Zoom or by Skype, whatever, and not advertising. But the, the thing is, I don't want to see new patients because I cannot evaluate. Ayurveda has tools of evaluation like the tongue, the iris, the physiognomy of the body. It's so many evaluations that you can do, but you need to have the person in front of you. So that make it difficult. So in terms of what you are saying, you see, is and, and I, 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 I don't want to be lost, but is how to, how to, we have a virus. There are always, virus have been always there for centuries and millennia, all our lives, bacteria, phagos, everything. But now we are aware. And I think that the, the virus has an enormous good possibility as you describe it, but at the same time, because create that sense of insulation, I see, for example, people are afraid to be next to somebody else. So that can create some paranoia. And this paranoia can create anxiety. That anxiety is going to create depression. And you know, this book took me three and a half years to work, to do, and happens to be published in the middle of this pandemic situation. I didn't do it as a quick thing to let's, let's put it there is the time to put it. People can see the benefits. I was reading the comments from the Amazon uh, reviews from people who have been reading. And I see really that it's not, I repeat, it's not me. I put things together. It's Ayurveda, it's the science of Ayurveda helping us to do something. So the virus itself has that virtue of putting us together, but we don't understand the process. And you see all the panic with that generate. If we, we, we are learning to wait, to measure what is really good and what is really bad. As you said so well, why am I going to expose myself, going to that place to buy that food? If I can cook something simple, nice and delicious at home too, no? And, 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 and we, I, for me, I discovered the pleasure of cooking cakes. I never in my life cook a cake. I, I cook <laughs> Italian, French, Latino food, but everything. But 
I discovered cooking cakes and I am now enjoying sending to friends and to people because it's my way to sort out my insulation. You know, we are all in that in that boat. And so how to be with the others, manifesting something in a different way. And I, I hope that people will try to do that and not go into going inside for I know that the incidence of depression that perhaps, you know, in the US, for example, moved from 45 million people to 85 million right now is duplicated. So I don't know how many of them are under medication, but if people understand that techniques, as I described in this book, are helpful for them, they will not go into those kind of crises. And I know, and I yeah. prefer to believe that is going to play a role to the ones who decided to get involved with those processes because it's not reading a book, it's putting it into practice, as you see. And that's what is tough with Ayurveda. It's tough for me, for anybody, is to put into practice. It's very easy to say, I'm going to do a, to follow that diet. We know very well how difficult it is to follow X, Y, Z diet. The same thing with Ayurveda because there are things new Things where people are not, for example, breathing exercises. Terry, I promise you, if you learn the virtues of pranayama, which is techniques that have been developed in India thousands of years ago, how to breathe and how to control myself, how to relax, how to control my anxiety, how to calm down, is fascinating. Pranayamas, there is. There are some examples there to see. And in the same way, how to, with the food, there are food which is hot. There are food which is astringent. There is food which is pungent. There is food which is sweet or it's acid or is, you know, or they're salty, for example. We have six different tastes. And if we see in our society, we eat only sweet and sour. That's what we eat. That's what we like. Sweet and sour. Sweet and sour. Sour is the meats and all the stuff. And sweet is all the carbohydrates we present, especially the carbohydrates we use today, the tendency to be pure rubbish, considerable, you can get in the supermarkets. But if we go back to those real carbohydrates, which are the basis of our diet for so many centuries, you know, and, and, and we understand, okay, what is... The, the real combination for me, the real proportion, which is the right time. I come back to what I said before, because it's so important to emphasize that, you know, I, I'm sure you hear that comment that have a breakfast like a king, have a lunch like a prince, and have a dinner like a mendiant. It has a lot to do with Ayurveda itself. We are not supposed to eat at night time, because from the moment we, we close our eyes, Metabolically speaking, the process of absorption, the process of all the metabolism go down because the body has to do at nighttime other processes like the detox due by the lymph. You know, the lymphatic system has to do all this process. So if we overcharge, neither a good digestion will happen, neither a good detox will happen because it's a process of detox which is going with the lymphatic system during the night time processes. So it's, it's, that's what I'm talking about, disrespect. But we are not, we are, the people are, it's not people's fault because we never have been educated about what is disrespect to our body. And perhaps Ayurveda teaches, without perhaps Ayurveda teaches the way to respect our body. By what is called Dinacharyas. Dinacharyas stands for the daily routine what to do in the morning. For, I just give one example. I don't know if we have enough time. I just want to give No, one. I could sit and listen to you for hours. So <laughs> seriously, feel free. I'm mesmerized by all of this. So feel no, free to share. No, no, I, just, just an example for whoever is going to hear this program for yourself. Only one piece of advice. I don't want to, I can give so many, but the most important, never, ever allow yourself not to go to the loo, to the toilet for defecation once per day. Never, ever allow that to happen. Because food is not toxic, but food can become toxic by recirculating and recirculating the body. And that's what is happening with the LDL. I was teaching 
I, I was my research on cholesterol was for 30 years, and I am I am the one one of the first people who present the LDL and HDL concept, the good and the bad cholesterol. There is a cholesterol which is collecting the cholesterol to get it out of the body, and there is a cholesterol which is going to be to reach the cells. If this process is not handling the right way, that's how the ateroma, the plaque within the arteries happens, et cetera, et cetera. It's just an example. The same thing happens, why? Because if we don't go and defecate, if we don't really do it daily, though I know patients who come to me say, there is a week I didn't go to the toilet. And I cannot believe that some people Imagine the level of intoxication they have. And that happens for certain constitutions of the body, which is all described in the book. But I'm not advertising, I said that because it's there or it's told in my internet, whatever. But the thing I'm trying to say, Terry, is for whoever listened to this program, understand the most important thing I have to do with my body is to learn to breathe and to learn that I'm never going to allow my body not to function digestively every single day. And for that, there are so many simple things, Ayurvedic or no Ayurvedic, I'm talking about natural products, which can help us, yeah? So many, so many. Ayurveda has their own, their own tricks, but other, other medicine have things. Physilium is not Ayurvedic, to my understanding. Ayurveda use something called Trifala. And there are many other things, but it's, understanding that if I have a proper lunch, my body is going to evacuate the day after better. That is, I don't have a lunch and dinner comes very heavy. The body doesn't have the time to digest, to process, to pass to the intestines, to be released that, you know, the, the feces at the, right, at the right moment, time of the day. So all this imbalance generate imbalance in the mind. Yeah. It's no secret. One imbalance generates the other one. So, see, so one can ask oneself, what came first? It's like the chicken and the egg. No, what came <laughs> right. first? The, the imbalance of the mind or the imbalance of the body? You see? And I leave that as a question mark for every single of us to realize that. And I, I want to add one little thing because that take me to another aspect of Ayurveda. And this Ayurveda, we were talking about genetics. And Ayurveda said something which always touched me so deeply. Ayurveda said, you choose your parents. We are talking now at another level, no more transcendental. Said, you choose your parents. So if we choose our parents, we, if we believe on that, on those kind of processes. I, I am not a believer, I'm not disbeliever. I am a witness, and I try to be a witness of whatever comes to me as patients of my own life. And I have been understanding, Terry, that yes, there are things we come by those genes which are coming from my parents, but there are things we come from my, by my, the education my parents gave me, and my parents, or your parents, of, and there is not a parent who came with a book to, to know how to treat it. We all commit mistakes as parents. Who didn't or who is not going to do it in the future? So we give uh, in our impressions from our past, from our traumas to our children, and they become, they're not genetical, they're conductual, and they create a conduct. So I don't like broccoli. Yeah. Or I don't, I, oh, that smell is not good enough. Uh, or do whatever. And this is fixed by our parents. They gave us that. But they don't give us the food which is a part of their habits, the grandparents, etc. etc. So we are missing the track by miles and tons of miles. Why? Because the bacteria, you know, you know, you, everybody knows that nowadays, that we are only bacteria. We are a walking bacteria. You know that about the microbiome, you know, in terms of number, we are far more bacteria than anything else. So the bacteria is the one who is taking all those beautiful products that modern food doesn't allow us to use, the fibers and all these kind of, because bacteria live on fibers and they produce divine vitamins and minerals and they help with the absorption and the enzymes interact with them. So it's, it's a perpetual dance. It's a beautiful dance in the body. And 
because not regulating the food in, in terms of how it's supposed to be at the time of breakfast, lunch, and dinner, we affect our bacteria. So a little mind, and you know the connection, you, you have, I'm sure you have been reading about the connection of gut-mind connection, no? You know, yeah. it's very well known nowadays, it's more than 10 years now. Okay, since 10 years ago, Terry, modern medicine is talking about it. Ayurveda was talking about it 7,000 years ago, or 5,000 years ago, you see? So it's, that's what I, I found that fascinating, fascinating, that uh, they, these Dhinacharyas or uh, lifestyle, daily lifestyle is so important. And in the book I have at so, and Ayurveda, forget I say my book because it's the, that book that I wrote, but Ayurveda, and you can get my internet all this information without people who don't want to buy the book or don't have the money to buy the book, whatever. I am not here advertising. I guess I advertising what in Ayurveda, yeah. not necessarily my book. It's Ayurveda what counts. Let's connect to that. That will be perhaps the center of my desire to be with you and accepting the invitation. And I feel so grateful to you because it's that connection with counts, connecting to our body by using tools that not necessarily mainstream medicine is offering us. I was just going to say in response to you, I, again, I, I'm fascinated by, um, all that you have to offer and um, well, just the subject alone. And thank you for educating me and my audience on all of this. No, it's a pleasure. And I, and I said, you know, I, I, I said not because I want to, to force you to have me in your program again, that would be a pleasure because I, there's something I understood and at, at my age is what I enjoy the most is service. We are here for service. Yes. And what you do is something beautiful because you are serving the community by this process. By this process. So uh, use me. I, I always said to people, you know, okay. I have tomorrow another one and I have on Saturday another one. I always said to people, use me because what else are we here if it's not, you know, for that? I, I, accompl I accomplish professionally many things uh, academically. Now what I want to accomplish is this feeling that, yes, I can offer something to society. And that's what I do a lot of pro bono yeah. work because that is far more important. I'm right there with you. I love, I love the idea of, right, putting this, uh, well, like I told you before I, we recorded, um, offering a space for others to shine their light of hope. And um, it's just been such a gift to, to the audience and, and just, well, it's been a gift in my life. I've learned so much about healing and about um, love and life and connection and compassion. And just this, I mean, it's just been an amazing collection of beautiful souls from all over the world. And um, so I feel blessed to, to know them and to know you. So thank no, you. Same here, and I, I feel really very, number one, grateful for your invitation, and number two, delighted to know your work and, and, and to feel we are through a Zoom system, but to feel your happiness of what you are doing, the joy, the real joy. You know, I saw, I saw uh, perhaps five minutes of one of your programs, the previous ones. And I stopped, I was thinking, no, I don't want to look at that. I want to enjoy the real Terry because I saw the, <laughs> the, the, your joy. I was thinking, fascinating that somebody <laughs> is not passive there. And as you said, making room for whatever happens and in a natural way, beautiful, beautiful. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. That. Thank you so much. That made my heart smile. So thank you. <laughs> so how do how do people get a hold of you? How do they find your work and, and your book? Okay, there are different ways. I I I have some issues with the publishers because I said I'm never going to use Twitter. I'm never going to use Instagram. I never use it in my life. Facebook. Never ever use that. So the only way to reach me is via my website. Yeah, which is there, which is uh, www.eduardocardona.com. They can also reach me by uh, this, uh, that's right. I don't know if that shows the website, but um, this is the, 
or they can reach me also if they have questions by Amazon. I believe I will always have this page for authors so people can, I don't know how that works, but I believe that content is there. Because it, it, to be honest, Terry, this is the first time I write a book for the general public. I always okay. have been writing books, academic books. And that's what I'm so excited because I am like you, I'm a, I am a communicator. I have been teaching all my life. So I love that. That is food for me. And I know I'm offering food for others. So for those reasons, I said, I want to be to keep teaching. So people can contact me by email. You can give my professional email, which I will give you is my email. The best one to reach me is, to see, I have to find out my own email. This is not embarrassing, but is. Uh, info at eduardocardona.com, which is in the website, or also doctor at eduardocardona.com. These are two ways to reach me, and um, and I take it from there concerning the, the questions that people have. Equally, if people want to invite me to other activities, I am not from the U.S. I move from Europe. I have I have a lot of activities with Europe, France, England, Italy, etc. But uh, so I am very open to be integrated. I live in this country. I love my California. I have been learning so much about this country with all the up and downs that have been going on uh, and, uh, in the last years. But uh, in the, independently of that, that's life. Is this, this crisis is, is global the, as the virus it is. So we have to be together. We have to be one and we have to help each other. Yes, for sure. Well, I have just absolutely adored this interview and um, your passion and joy shines through as well. And so thank you again for joining me pleasure. on the show. Pleasure, pleasure for inviting me. All right. And, and ho hopefully we keep in contact. Yes, for sure. Yes. All right. Well, everyone, thank you for joining us today on the Healing Place podcast. And until next time, remember, be gentle with yourself. Okay. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye for now. Thank you so much for listening today to the Healing Place podcast with your host and trauma warrior, Terry Welbrock. If you enjoyed this episode and want to learn more about Terry, her mission, and the Hope for Healing journey, visit Terry's website at www.terrywellbrock.com. Thank you for liking, commenting, sharing, and offering your reviews on our YouTube channel, audio outlets, and Facebook page. And as Terry reminds us, until next time, remember, be gentle with yourself.